Ding, ding, ding. We have feedback, actually a voice memo from the previous episode. And I am so excited about this one because it's indeed a story of progress. Bukola was on our show some time ago on the Locally Schooled Globally Relevant series. And she talked about how she moved from Unilag to Bank of America, like just getting a job and living in Nigeria. And then last year, she moved jobs again um, from Bank of America to, um, I think it's Palantir in, in London, right? And like the work she's just doing like for black people is so refreshing. Throughout last year, she was like MIA and I'm excited to just listen to her tell me how, you know, she decided to just punch the brakes and leave life slowly and all the benefits that has come with it. I see that she's back on her podcast and um, Grodians and like other stuff that she she's really like passionate about. This memo was actually like six minutes long but i had to shorten it for the purpose of this podcast i'm gonna drop the full the full voice memo on instagram after the memo we're gonna jump right into the episode happy listening hi girl i hope you're doing very well first of all i just need to give you your flowers your voice is amazing wow like your voice is soothing. Okay, so feedback on the podcast. Like, it, honestly, that episode just got me snapping my fingers. Because this is something that has been very present right now in my life. And I can remember last year when I got married, um, I had a new job. And I moved from Chester to London. And there, there was just a lot of things happening at the same time. And then we were also on the podcast doing so many things for gradients as well. And I just could not keep up. Like, I really could not keep up. I got to a point where I felt very burnt out. There was just no energy to give again. And I felt like the energy that I was trying to give wasn't something that I was proud of. So I said, you know what? I need to take a pause. Let's just ride the wave of what I currently have. And I remember feeling bad about it when I spoke to my mentor. And she was like, Bukola you're currently in your valley it's not every time that you'll be climbing a mountain there are just some times that you are at the top and it's it's just time for you to rest it's not every single time that you need to strive what are you striving for life is not meant to just be a striving race it's it's not meant to always be a race sometimes you need to catch your breath so i think the whole idea of you know having a slow life is for me just about seasons there's a season that I would be, you know, on the move, on the run, striving and hustling to get certain things. But there's also a season for me to actually calm down and enjoy what I have because you're probably just living in so many answered prayers. At that time last year, I was living in so many answered prayers that I just needed to revel in the moment and enjoy it and embrace it. It was time for me to soak in the energy and not to give or expend anything. So... Yes, we, you know, they all living a life of urgency and what have you, but it's not every time that you, you would be, you need to be urgent. At the end of the day, like, we're all human beings and would all be buried six feet under. You don't want your life to just be a thing of, oh, I'm trying to run, striving, hustling, and not enjoying the minutest and smallest things in life. Like you mentioned, you know, just opening the door, smelling the coffee. Just waking up and embracing nature. Like those things are so important that if you're always just on the run, you wouldn't notice them. 
And it was during this period that I began to even notice the smallest things around my area that I was just not paying attention to. It, it, it was around this time that I also like strengthened the relationship with my friends and I focused on the things that actually did matter and you know, it helped me to just shape up my perspective on what life truly means. Be grateful for what you have. Doesn't mean you're settling, doesn't mean you're complacent. You haven't settled in to see what face you currently are. You're just rushing and rushing and rushing. You're not allowing God lead you. You're not allowing nature to guide you. You're not allowing the, the elements of the world to help you on your journey. You're just going and going and you, you, you'll burn out. Anyway, so <laughs> that was what I learned. Thank you so much for sharing. I am Abakam Tom George, the quintessential host of Unearth You, the podcast. This podcast is your dose of inspiration that influences how you show up in the world and in relation to others. Please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast platform of choice. Read the show, leave a comment with a five-star review, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening on. Feel free to also share some insights or whatever connected with you on social media and tag us at unearth.you on Instagram so we can repost and share. Looking to support the podcast? Very easy. Drop us a tip on Shuklen. Link in the show notes. Let's get into the show. It begins at 3, 2, 1. A lot of people think that personal branding is for just celebrities or influencers. They think that it's the exclusive preserve of a select few, right? But yeah, Kevin Johnson Azwara, our guest today, is here to debunk all that myth. You know, we talk about branding from the inside out because really every professional, in fact, everybody has a personal brand, whether they're aware of it or not. And I'm about that, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're having that conversation today. Personal branding, it takes time. It takes effort. It requires self-reflection, a clear understanding of your values, your goals, where you're, you're trying to be at, where you're aspiring to, and a consistent communication of those values, those goals, those things that make you you, right? Um, so it's really an ongoing process. It's not something you do once and forget. People who have solid personal brands today have told a consistent story over and over again and that's how you know their brands right we're about that today we're talking about branding inside out especially as it relates to like your corporate brand you as a corporate personality you working in corporate or even running a business because your personal brand can have a significant impact on your company's image on your business's image every employee every business person is seen as the first ambassador of that company of that business right and the way you present yourself can shape how the public will view you as a whole would view um, your company or where you work at or the business that you run as a whole um, so it's important that we get it right and again, like I said, we're about this thing, like the whole of this year, like coming correct. So on this episode, we have Kevin, like I said. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the show. Um, give us a brief intro about you and what you're about. Yes, it's great to be on here. Uh, my name is Kevin Johnson Azwar. I have uh, substantial years of experience in the uh, marketing, communications, and public relations space, working across the United States as well as in Africa. I have quite an interest in building brands and, you know, especially from the ground up. I've done that across several different sectors and industries. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Um, has there been any differences that you've encountered so far in building international brands 
and um, local brands? Any peculiar differences? I think one of the things for me, I think um, when I first moved to Nigeria to work, I think it was the, the media engagement on a local level is quite different from when I was in the States. I think as well that particularly within, I think within African circles, there's almost an instant demand for results. We want to see results very, very quickly with a very impatient. Mm, thank you, Kevin, for that brief intro. Before we get into the meat of the matter, we're going to do a bit of rapid fire, um, icebreaker, sure. right? Um, so we just warm up into our session proper. So I'm going to be asking you a couple of questions. Um, you're going to answer those questions in the speed of light. Cool? Not a problem. Let's go. All right. Your life is a work of art. If someone saw it hanging off in a museum somewhere, what would it look like? Oof. A patchwork so many different things yeah i think that's 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 the best answer i can give i i don't know what material i think it'll be different materials i think it'll be different different style canvases it may be oil it may be clay it'll be so many things i think my my life experiences and my work experiences have afforded me so many varying varying outlooks to life um for which i'm grateful so i just i just think i would be a patchwork of so many things interesting okay second question when you're not working, how do you like to spend your time? I can be very introspective. I love autobiographies, so I tend to read a lot of books about, uh, I guess, historical figures even. I think one of the books I even recently read was uh, 50 Cent's uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. I love going to the beach, I love traveling, um, I love learning. Um, so I'm always reading different, different things, watching a lot of documentaries. I think learning for me is an ongoing life process. I'm probably mm. something I will do until my last breath on this earth. So for me, that's that's really where I find some kind of some kind of fulfillment. I try to be as intentional as possible to learn about um, different cultures. Obviously, to know that my one view or one perspective may not necessarily be the best. I love that you said autobiographies because I also love autobiographies. And Fifty Cent is one person that I mean, if he brings out another book tomorrow, I'm gonna read it. The last one I read was the one with Robert Greene, Fiftieth Law. Yes. And it spoke to fear and it was just such a powerful, powerful book. I have like almost all the pages. I have something on the line somewhere, like yeah. <laughs> a lot of highlights here and there. So I really love that. Okay. Permission or forgiveness? I'm going to say both. Sometimes you have to go ahead and do what you have to do and ask for forgiveness afterwards. Uh, <laughs> you have to definitely ask for permission. But again, you go with your gut instincts a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Wealth or influence? Oof, you're making this difficult. <laughs> Yeah, but I think wealth comes from so many things. Wealth for some people is monetary, wealth mm -hmm. and experience, family, influence as well. For me, where I am in my life, I would love both. And I think I'm blessed in some regard in the two aspects. I feel like I just got into this philosophy class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's jump into what we're here for. Branding, personal branding, corporate branding. My first question really is what a brand is not, right? Because we have a lot of things about, well, your brand should be this, blah, 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 right? So what a brand is not is my first question. Tell me. So one thing about me, I, I think I should also explain is my, my thinking is shaped from a theoretical point of view, seen as this is something I studied, I went to school for. And then mm -hmm. I, I've also, again, been fortunate enough to have um, experience within agencies and then also on the corporate side. So one thing I've realized is so many people, their perspective is very, it's not all one and the same. And I think definitely one thing, a brand, or one thing branding is not is rigid. A conversation, for example, I recently had with my team um, was um, the flexibility we wanted from uh, 
design perspective regarding branding. It's something where there's situations where we have to adapt to what our design has to be or can be. And that is something my team and I, we've, you know, in my present position, we've been able to kind of address and look at what some other people have done or are doing and how we could take that on as learnings and see if it worked for us. So again, I think that rigidity that a lot of brands tend to have and say, this is how it's done. This is how we've done it. You know, that doesn't exist. You always find yourself as a human being or as a brand in a constant flux of change, right? And that is because we live in a very instantaneous society. People want information now. Um, so brands are having to be, yes, you can be proactive, but another thing that brands are having to be is reactive, um, especially to a lot of the cultural norms and um, happenings. Gen Z is making us jump up even quick. I think another thing that a brand shouldn't, should not ultra focused. You have to understand that some audiences who you may not even be targeting will be receptive to who you are or be receptive to your storytelling style or mm. your colors even. It may be something about your tone of voice or your messaging. It may be the impact of the work you're doing. Um, and I think brands have to be receptive to that. A brand is constantly in evolution. I, I think we recently refined our mission and vision statements, for example, with uh, our present organization. One of the things about transformation that we have to communicate internally is never feel uncomfortable in changing your mission and vision. You have people who are waking up every day, coming and giving you eight to five, eight to eight. And you want to ensure that the purpose that they wake up for every day is truly fulfilled. Slovin, now that we know what branding is not or shouldn't be, um, what is brand and what is personal brand and then what is corporate brand? I think, again, I mean, one is obviously more speaking to an individual, which is your personal branding, and one is speaking to a corporate or an organization. But I think, in a way, they're almost intertwined, um, especially if you're a young professional and you're learning a lot of things, you're meeting a lot of people, a lot of young people, even myself, I was guilty of this when I was much younger until I really got into the professional world. It's almost like, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? But we haven't done the nitty gritty of, you know what, this is my mission in life. This is what I would like to achieve, right? In life and in my professional space. There's that intertwining relationship. It's symbiotic. You can learn so much from the people within your space. As a corporate, as an individual, you also have to define your brand find what you, you stand for. Organizations strive to create value. They want um, people to subscribe to what they have to offer and not just for a short term, for the long term. And I think that's the same with anyone who's a young professional or anyone who's experienced. You want people to ascribe to you, who you are as a person, mm -hmm. to believe in you um, and to find the value that you bring. All right, cool. Um, so now I was going to ask from that personal brand, corporate branding, how... Mm -hmm. How does it intersect, right? Is it, is it oil and water or is it white on rice? It'll probably vary depending on your, your work experience. Someone who's starting out as a new hire or an entry-level employee, those kind of individuals are more worried or have more focus on, oh my God, I need to get in, people please. I think when you become more seasoned, even your, your job choices, um, a lot of people tend to look more at the values of the organization and what they're offering. Employees are looking at what the ESG stands for an organization may be before they join. Do you have diversity, equality and inclusion principles in place or policies in place? How are you implementing them? How are you measuring for them? Are you providing a greater springboard for women to be within your company and to be seen and to be heard? Do maternity and paternity issues, are you, are you solving for them? Are you providing a comfortable 
an inclusive environment where these things are talked about and, and provided for. So again, it, I think it varies depending on where you are in your career. I don't believe there's ever really a separation. The more you progress in your career and some of the work you may be doing may influence who you are as a person, that intermingling will, will forever be there. It will, it will always be constant. I think what, what we then have to do as individuals or as professionals is recognize that it's there, recognize the importance of it, how it can almost define or improve our lives and how it can do the same for our organization. Mm, this is very important. This is really important because, I mean, starting out my career, right, I did not give in, I didn't give too much thought about, okay, I want to be in this organization because ABC, they have ABC values, right? But like you said, the more you progress into your career, the more you become a seasoned professional, it now begins to matter to you, right, um, where you are at, right? For instance, when I'm interviewing with a company, I want to know, how you give feedback to your employees. I want to know how you receive feedback because personally, these are the things that I do, right? My mm -hmm. friends and I, would do monthly check-ins. Oh, how do you think I can do better this month? Mm -hmm. What do you think I should stop doing? What do you think I should continue doing, right? So, I mean, these little values, similar little values, right, um, mm -hmm. are important to me. So any organization I go into, I'm interested to know how, like, your feedback mechanism works. I'm interested to know if you have a learning culture because I'm very big on wanting to like learn and improve my skill mm -hmm. right um but all of, all of these did not just happen overnight it wasn't this wasn't me starting of my career i was transitioning right so i just wanted to work in abc sector mm -hmm. not necessarily because of the values and then you go in and you see all manner of things and i think that experience also also helps you like know what you do not want you might not know what you want but like you go into some organizations and you be like okay I'm learning not to be this kind of boss. I'm learning not to be this kind of colleague. I'm learning, yeah. and then it just it just helps you like streamline like what you want, right? So there are sometimes like this organization might not be paying so much, but because your values are like aligned with your personal values, right? Maybe they're big on like you said DEI or something like it just it just aligns with who you are, mm -hmm. and it won't be so much of a far cry when you are putting this organization out there, maybe on social media because people kind of identify you as that person already. Exactly. Right. So it's not like so much of a far cry. Let's talk about multi-potentialites because especially people like millennials, yeah, mm -hmm. and even Gen Zs, they have so many passions at the verge of identity crisis, um, internal conflicts about what image to portray because they are this and that. How do they manage um, personal branding and also like at the point where their personal brand also intersects with the corporate brand? Um, how how do they manage all of this when you have multiple interests? Okay, I don't think this is anything necessarily new where we have multi-potential rights. One of the things that you have to always be careful about is burnout. There's burnout, there's uh, imposter syndrome, but what has happened is a lot of them haven't really identified who they are or what they are as a brand, personally, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think once you have that kind of, you know, an easy framework that you can follow, that help you build up your values as a as a professional or as a human being, things start to make sense, right? So in defining your brand, what do you do? You identify several things, you know, mm. your uniqueness and your differentiators as a as a as a working professional. Is there a unique perspective you bring to your organization? Or if you're an entrepreneur or someone who owns your own business, are there differentiators or, or uniqueness that you you offer to your client? What gives your work purpose? Right. A lot of people worry that they may not have, you know, young professionals that they may not have substantial business experience. But, you know, you're fortunate enough to have had a very varied educational life. 
or educational experience rather. Um, so you're able to look at something more in-depthly than others. I think for me, for example, I, I had a heavily political, my undergrad was heavily in politics, right? And mm-hmm. African studies. And one of the agencies I worked with that was very Africa focused, you know, that background I had, I had cultivated from researching and just having, so, just knowing so many facts and figures, you know, quote unquote, about the continent enabled me to just delve into, into information that could have just passed by my line managers. And I was able to say, no, this is, this is important for us. And we should definitely highlight this. Mm. Uh, so yeah, once you have areas of expertise, your, your proficiency with, you know, tools, a lot of people are jumping into trainings now and development. You can definitely bring this to the fore every morning. Again, whether you're working within a corporate or whether you're working on your own, you know, um, and all in all, what I always ask people sometimes is what gets you up every morning, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to understand why you're waking up and you're, you're going out that door and you're going to go and conquer the world. What motivates you? What are your principles? Are you going to do this the right way or the shorter way? Um, I think uh, experience is an amazing teacher. and. Mm-hmm. You- you mature with the experience that you're able to delve into. Um, you know, if you're within an organization that is very aspirational for you, you take a look at a lot of the projects going on in that organization. Mm. I'm with you, raise your hand and participate. Raise your hand and make yourself available. But again, sure. remember the burnout, right? Do what you can, uh, when you can. Take as much as you can on your plate, but learn, learn, learn. That, that's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Mm. I just I just remember um, the story of Bozoma St. John. And I saw this thing last year on, I think it was Sportskeeda, that said um, she left Netflix because of um, conflicts of interest or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because she started building her, we know her as a very a person who is very huge on her personal brand. So aside all these other flowery things, right, mm-hmm. um, with her career, it's like she also had a very strong personal brand. And at some point, it be- it, it became like, her personal brand was more like the thing people saw mm-hmm. than her I, I mean correct me if I'm wrong than her her corporate brand in quotes and mm-hmm. I felt like babe why are you jump hopping like this like I don't get to care <laughs> you know like I don't get it like which exactly are we which exactly are we looking at here and it just mm-hmm. seemed like a lot before she left um Netflix and this is like a lot of young people who look up to her Mm-hmm. And say they want to be like Buzoma and they attend all her workshops. I mean, I had consumed a lot of her material. I think Sportskeeda, like, was they had the bias of okay because of the conflict of interest. That's why she had left Netflix because she had a lot going on with her personal brand, yeah. you know. Yeah, so it's just important that you create that balance and, like, I think punch the brakes if you need to, like, you know, step back and build the personal brand and quotes that you are into something more maybe sustainable. If you want to leave like corporates, I don't know. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know no. if you agree, but yeah. No, no, no. no. I, I think that I think what happens is there will always be a fork in the road. The more impetus you give to your personal brand, again, it's always, especially with a lot, a lot of large corporates. A good example is is Apple. But what you always do not want is where you have a personal brand that is larger than life and sometimes seems to smother your corporate, right? There will always be a fork in the road. I mean, if if Steve Jobs had kept on living, we probably could have seen a situation as we've seen with Reed Hastings now with um, Netflix, where he's going to take an executive chairman, chairman role. 
as opposed to you know be a day-to-day -day ceo there are so far sometimes your journey you realize more and more that you know you need to step back and you look at the uh, current prime minister of new zealand and she said look i've gone as far as i can it's time for me to step back and because her personal brand as a nursing mom as a new age leader that people should aspire to be her handling of several crises um, yeah. i think shooting that happened in new zealand she was someone who everyone a lot of people found very inspirational she's left she's going to leave a lot of um, very big shoes for someone to fill but uh, you know people are already touting her as a future u.n secretary general just for her diplomacy and delivery and everything but she realized you know she had come for now at least she had come to a point where her personal brand quote unquote which includes her family was more important than the um her position um which she which is also another brand which is being prime minister of new zealand so i think for us life happens you're going to make choices but as long as you stand by the values that um you believe are or you know are true to you yes you have people on the outside who who look in and are trying to you know glean some kind of information or gain some kind of knowledge from you mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, there's a learning in everything. So if someone leaves one organization, you can look at how did they get there? Why did they leave? What are they doing now? But yeah, there's always the threat. Well, I wouldn't say it's a threat, but there's always the reality that you as a you as a person, your brand on the outside may get maybe larger than the corporate you're in. Um, you may get you may also get greater opportunities to do a lot more, have more impact, have more influence. And as I said, the fork in the road is there for you, and you you make the decision which way you want to go. Thank you. My next question is, how can employees support their, co their company's branding through their own personal brand? I think for employees, one of the main things is connecting with colleagues who have similar interests. Even connecting with people who don't have your similar interests gives you a very diverse view into different things. They can inspire you, they can support you, they can challenge you, they can help you shape your messaging. And in challenging your ideas as well, you know, it helps you mm. refine your thought process, refine your end product refine your delivery. This in a way is how personality wise you're able to build up within the organization. I think the organization is better for that. I think just to summarize that is so what you're essentially doing is you're networking as an individual within your present workspace, but also within your industry. You're reaching out to people who you feel could add value or or give you perspective or just help you grow as a professional within the space. Um, and I think People should never feel ashamed, frightened, or scared to reach out to someone. Um, I mean, if you reach out to someone and they're not as receptive, you reach out to even more people. Look for industry events that you feel will, will, will just open you to so much learning that you can meet people who've done this over and over and ask them questions like, if you could go back 10, 15 years, what would you do so differently that, you know, that I can learn from? Just help me build a, an even more solid base as I progress in my career. Um, these are the kind of questions you ask people. Um, sometimes I've got questions where it's like, oh, what do I need to do to, to, to get here, to get here, to get here? And it's almost like people just want to take shortcuts. You know, I mentioned that before, but your experience is what, your experience and your willingness to do the work is what will get you noticed, is what will build your character, is what will ensure that people appreciate the value that you're, you're, you're striving to bring on a day-to-day -day basis. Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, talking about questions, right? Um, mm. What question would you appreciate that people ask you more often? I think a simple question would be why. And it could be for 
different reasons. So it can be, why this career? Why did you move to Nigeria? Mm. Why have you been in your space so long? Why do you still find it as enthralling as you do? So I think for me, the basic question is always why? Mm. Question everything. Yeah, question everything. Understand that it can be so many different responses to that one question you've asked and try and glean the most positive or for you, what makes the most sense, right? And, and see mm. what you can do with that. Um, so yeah, I don't get that why question enough. I always get the how. It's always the how. How did you do this? How did you do this? When you start with purpose, which is the why, um, the, Simon Sinek, you know, the book. He, yeah, start with why. Are we why? Yeah, exactly. Prior to me reading that book, I was glad enough that I, I, I've always put purpose above monetary gains. And I think um, that served me well earlier in my career. I mean, look, everyone is attracted to compensation or would like fair compensation because yes, you're doing great work and you should be fairly compensated. Um, but I also think when we look down at the, uh, we come down to the nitty gritty of things, if we understand better why we take certain actions or why certain things should work in a certain type of way it helps us two books i would i would suggest the alchemist and the white tiger these are two oh, books right. that you know when i was a very young man that definitely gave me tremendous insight into where i would see myself further down the line and how i would just try to be better than better today than the version i was of myself the previous day so yeah the revelation is in the journey hmm. you know? It, mm, it, it's it. going to reveal so much. It's going to reveal so much about you, about your interactions with your human interactions with the people around you, your colleagues. Love it. I love that you say why. You know, because I ask this question whenever I might drop my podcast, and the answers are just so refreshing. And then you realize how much people really want people to ask them just this one question, but they never just get the question, right? And I love that your response is why, right? I mean, I, I, like I said earlier, I do monthly check-ins with my friends. I really like anybody that reaches out to me. And like, there's this thing called five whys, I think. Think some therapy or something, yeah. right? And then when you ask five whys, um, mm -hmm. it gives you, it, it drills down to that one single reason why people do what they do, right? Mm -hmm. And like yeah. you said, like the, the sweetness is in the journey. So yeah. this why question is very important. I hope that when people listen to this and they have questions or they want to just connect, they already have a cue, right? <laughs> Come into Kevin's DM and ask why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Ask <laughs> why, man. Like, it's true. Like, and ask, me, yeah. ask, ask me why. Ask me professionally why. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. But like that, that's such a, sh a shit shit, right? Yeah. Um, my, my, my final question to you, what advice do you have for people who are just trying to brand themselves? At the end of the day, building your brand revolves around um, how you share content, um, which particular mediums or media you're using to share that content and how impactful what you're sharing is sometimes some people share two lines and it, mm. it's, it's tremendous other people share a whole slew of paragraphs and it's just like okay i'm reading all of this but it's not really making sense and i think what you can some people can do you start out small and you test you test some people send out weekly newsletters right just because this is what they're versed at and this is what they enjoy doing if you fail go again fail fast fail forward Go again, do it again, look for collaborate, 
Collaboration is also a great way for you to elevate. Ask people how they're doing things, how they get it done. Also engage a lot, you know, um, whether it's reposting of articles or politely providing an opinion on something that someone's posted. You start to realize that people are gravitating towards you. Someone I've really ascribed to, I've loved his brand style, is John Laguerre. He was the former CEO of T-Mobile. I think the man has almost 7 million followers on Twitter. He had this very transparent, engaging way of just speaking with people on Twitter. He did a lot of things in his space. For example, he's the one that broke down the two-year contracting that a lot of mobile companies were doing in the States. And he changed it to one year, became a lot flexible regarding usage of SIMs, SIM cards, that is. So a lot of disruptive methods that he felt worked more for the consumer as opposed mm. to for his brand alone. And that he would always explain his thought process politely, um, succinctly, and people were just attracted to, to, to his style. And even I think when he was stepping down, a lot of people, there was a clamor for him to, you know, to remain on. And he said, you know, he basically just said, no, at the moment it's best I step away from T-Mobile. So because I think in his mind, he was probably becoming a distraction to what T-Mobile was doing. He decided to step aside. Just to narrow it down or to firm up everything I'm saying is be open to all the possibilities. Take advantage of all the possibilities that show themselves um, to you. Collaborate. Look for mm -hmm. all like-minded people because, again, those are the people who are going to, in some way, challenge your thinking, challenge your ideas. Thank you, Kevin. This has been such a rich, rich conversation. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Yeah. Finally, where can we find you? We want to connect with you. Where can we find you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Kevin Johnson as well. Uh, I'm also on Twitter, same name, as well as on Instagram with the same name. So Kevin Johnson as well across those three platforms. Thank you so much, Kevin. We'll have all the social media handles, all the books that Kevin listed, every other detail that you might need, you'd find it in the show notes. So y'all check the show notes for more information. And that's it. We've come to the end of today's conversation. We would definitely love to hear your feedback. You can do so by dropping us a DM on Instagram at unearth.u or a voice message through the link in the show notes. I'll see you on the next episode. Signing out. Mm -hmm.